podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a Voices of Vic podcast with me, Ben Ayton. Happy New Year, Watford fans. Watford have won their first game of 2023. Pinch yourself moment, really. I don't think many Watford fans expected to pick up a point, let alone three points at Carroll Road yesterday. Uh, especially not after that shambolic performance away at Swansea City midweek. But miracles do happen. Watford have moved up to fourth in the table. Uh, We are now 11 points behind second place uh, after Sheffield United only managed to get a draw yesterday with Kareem Spark Rangers. It was in the last minute, so we was unlucky, but we couldn't close that uh, gap down to nine points. But like I said, milk calls can happen. Let's see if Watford can have a decent transfer window and maybe things will get a little bit rosier at Watford Football Club. But then again, a victory just papers over all the cracks that are actually happening at Watford Football Club. And we'll probably touch on that a tiny weeny bit in this podcast. Not too much because there was positivity yesterday. So we will mainly chat about that. But I am joined by Mr. Mike Duffy, who was actually at the game yesterday. Mike, how are you doing? Is your voice all right? <laughs> I'm doing very well, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's been. I can't believe the Christmas and New Year periods over. Um, it, it the, all that build up and then it just comes to an end. And I was back at work today, but uh, yeah, a little bit of a, a a little bit of good news going into the 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 back at work today is obviously seeing the Golden Boys unexpectedly win one 0 yesterday. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the voice is fine. Uh, how's how's your new year been, Ben? All good? Yeah, well, no, no complaints. Well, apart from um, Jack James has popped up from Watford Way saying, Come and you ones, and I've popped it up on, as a, a banner on you, uh, you, you, uh, YouTube page, so I can't get my words out. So, um, he just reminded me that I actually recorded with him in the new year. Um, and it was a terrible start of the year. Me and James had to do a review of the Swansea City games. It was terrible to do it. Um, but luckily, Watford picked up three points yesterday at Norwich City. So it made work easier today. I know lots of people went back to work Tuesday the 3rd of January. Uh, you and me were two of those, Mike. Um, but we went to work with a smile on our face today. And it's because of a masterclass that Slav and Bilic pulled together. I'll put it down as a Slav masterclass yesterday. It was difficult from Slav from me off, wasn't it, uh, Mike? Because injuries going into that game, I think there was 11 Watford players out injured at that point. Um, if you haven't watched the game, we might do some spoilers. We're up to 14 injured players now after the three injured players yesterday. Um, but yesterday, what, yeah, Watford picked up their seventh win out of the last eight games against Norwich in the league. Is really good. I think Norwich hate playing Watford, don't they, Mike? Yeah, it's uh, we're becoming to become their, a bit of their bogey team, to be honest. Um, like you, said, it's nice to have one of those because we don't have many teams where we do consistently play well. I think Newcastle used to be one that we always got good results against. Mm. I think it'll be a struggle going forward. But <laughs> Norwich is that other side where. You turn up against them and you do fancy them. Although yesterday was a different outcome, wasn't it? You going into the game, you actually attended the game yesterday. What was your thoughts heading into um, the game? Uh, my thoughts, along with the other 1,800 that were there, were probably, what's the score going to be today? You know, Swansea City dismantled us limb by limb and won 4-0. And, um, you know, Norwich, yes, they're having poor form of their own, but... Norwich and Norwich and you know they, they've got rid of Dean Smith there seemed to be a lot of negativity around the club so whether this new chap that sort of interim manager Alan Russell I think his name is uh, whether he sort of installed a bit of a new manager bounce you know they drew 1-1 against Reading uh, I think they were quite disappointed with that result but it sort of stopped the, the rot of, of losing so regularly um, and you know, they, they were perhaps going into this and we were perhaps thinking, you know, a bit of a manager bounce, the, the atmosphere may have changed. And it was a good turnout from Norwich as well. You know, they're, they're, they're struggling and, you know, they, they they sold a fair amount of tickets and, you know, the atmosphere, you could tell that they were a team who's not on great form. Uh, they weren't particularly noisy at times. 
they, you know, I could maybe count on my one hand how many times they sort of the crowd got up and got sort of cheering for them. But um, yeah, I, I think we were expecting the worst. You know, we we thought who's going to be in midfield, uh, who's going to you know who's going to be on that pitch full stop, uh, and it's. Um, it, it was really, really tough. I, I must say, actually, before I forget, I was chatting to one of our listeners, uh, and he said, "You know, keep the positivity. We, we, we you know, we, we can get something here." Uh, his name was Luke. So, if you're watching this, comment below so I know that it was you because I tried looking for you on Twitter, I couldn't find you. Um, but he said before the game, he goes, "Keep the positivity." Uh, I saw our mate Harry Chapman as well. Uh, he said to me at half time. When uh, not not to jump the gun here, but he said at half time, when we were looking half decent, he goes, "If Watford win this, he says you've got to host the next Voices of the Vic in just your pants." Uh, and I sort of just <laughs> smiled and laughed. No one would believe it. No, exactly. <laughs> so I, I I sort of brushed it off, thinking, "No, we won't hold on to this. We there's no way we'll we'll go on and win this." And uh, here we are. So yeah, if anyone saw the comment on Twitter. Um, from Harry Chapman, that's what he was referring to. But no, of course, you know, I think all Watford fans were, were sort of fearing the worst. But like you said, Ben, an absolute masterclass from Slav that it can't be labelled as anything else. Well, I, I would like to know what actually happened after the full time whistle against Swansea City and the days in between leading up to Norwich City because the, the change in attitude and performance was just unrecognisable. Like, they were pathetic against Swansea. We've all said it. We all had our, our say, and it, it was diabolical, and we was embarrassed to be Watford fans. We want a team to be proud to be proud of. And yesterday's performance against Norwich, Mike, was Watford fans were proud. Like, I can imagine you and many other Watford fans that left Carroll Road yesterday felt proud of your team because they put a shift in. They grafted. They worked for each other. They showed togetherness. They, they put their bodies on the line. They worked together as a team. And they got a result when it wasn't really in our favour at the start of the game with all the injuries leading up to it. And then even to have to deal with three extra injuries during the game. It, it was fair play to the players. I said last week, they've got to show bollocks now. Because last week, they, they didn't care. They needed to grow a pair and man up. And they certainly delivered yesterday. Yeah, and I think I want to point out something that Slav said in the press conference after the game. And um, he said that he thought that up until 3-0 against Swansea, that the players, you know, not all of them, but players were fighting for each other. I mean, I beg to differ. I don't think they were. But he said the difference was against Norwich, they were out there and they were willing to die for each other, let alone fighting for each other. They went that extra step. And this is what frustrates us as, as football fans in general, not just Watford fans at the moment, but any fan of any team will, will agree with this. That, that is what you want from your, uh, from your players week in, week out. You want players that are going to look like they care, look like they want to play for the shirt. Like, you know, I, I want to point out Mario Gaspar. He, he's come under a lot of stick. He plays, obviously, he's a right-back, out-and-out right-back. He's had to fill in at wing-back. He's obviously not got the legs for it. And yesterday, he was playing in central midfield or holding midfield, however you want to look at it. I, I would imagine he's never played there before, but mm. he just got on with it and he did a brilliant job. Sometimes, you know, if you play a player out of position... All they can do is their best. And he did more than that. He did, you know, he he left everything out on that pitch. So that's what we want to see. And that's what we've been talking about all season is even under Rob Edwards, we just want to see a performance where the players look like they give a shit. And yesterday, they looked like that 100%. Even after the injuries, Davis, I thought, was superb. Did everything but score. Got himself into a good couple of uh, positions. You know, tested the keeper a couple of times. And then when he went off, collective groans from the Watford fans. One, to say another injury. And two, oh my God, it's Keenan Davis. You know, me and my brother were sort of saying, what now? Like, we, we're screwed. He was our sort of main outlet, carrying the ball, coming deep, winning the ball, you know, doing what Keenan Davis does. But the fact that we lost those players to injury 
but we still kept going and we still was in the game. And then we went and broke and, and got the winning goal. So it, it's it's been a long time coming and, and that, that should be the bar of the performances. They should look like that every time they go out. They should look like they care, look like they want it. And, you know, it, it shows that, yes, we're down to the bare bones, but we've still got quality to win games. I don't care how poor Norwich have been recently. That's a brilliant result to go to Carrow Road and win. Especially after the defeat that we had against Swansea. And it wasn't just that defeat, it back-to-back defeats. We lost to Millwall a few games prior to that as well. Um, I think the World Cup break really came at the wrong time for Watford. We were starting to get a bit of momentum. You'd think we'd come back, get some in- players back from injury. It wouldn't be the other way. We've actually picked up more injuries since the international <laughs> World Cup break. We've had a couple of defeats and then it was like, oh God, here we go again. But luckily, they-, they pulled together as a team yesterday and picked up a magnificent three points. But you've mentioned him there, Mario Gaspar. I thought he was outstanding yesterday. And like you say, considering he's, what, 32-year-old right back he's came in he struggled to adapt to English football um he came in straight away he didn't look, look up for it they took him out the firing line he was on the bench for a few times he came up came in for a start against Cardiff City when I think uh Kamara was out suspended um and, and did a really good solid job and then he found himself back on the bench and whenever he's been involved or came off the bench he's still doesn't look cut out for that right-back role. He, he, his legs is gone, hasn't it, Mike? But that central midfield role, I thought he was fantastic. He was, he was breaking the play up, getting stuck in. He, he was unlucky um, that the ref didn't um, give a red card to the North City player because that was a horrible challenge on Mary Gaspar in the first half with his studs showing in the challenge. And Mary Gaspar went chasing after the refs to try and see why he didn't um, send him off. But Gaspar, he even created an opportunity. Like He was progressive with his passes. He, he threaded a ball through to Keenan Davis. He did a couple of step-overs, got it onto his left uh, left foot. No, it was actually onto his right foot, which I was a bit surprised by because he, he ain't got normally a right foot. And it was a save by um, Gunn that went out for a corner, and that was in the first six minutes. But Mary Gaspar, for me, he's got to be up there as maybe a man of a match. Who would you be your man of a match yesterday, Mike? Um James from Watford Way says, would it be out of Gaspar, Saar, Morris or, or Siriota? Um, I, I think there were various people that, that could have got it. But for me, I think Gaspar was brilliant. Uh, I, he's really showed his experience. That is why considering he, was he was, Considering he was in a midfield two with Bakuna as well. And, and shout out to Bakuna as well. He's got a lot of stick. I've given him a bit of stick as well. But... For him to be in the midfield partnership with Bakuna, going to Norwich and winning with a midfield two of Bakuna and Mario Gaspar, <laughs> we should start doing the lottery numbers, mate. I know. No, Bakuna was 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 great as well. You know, like like we've said, he's come into the team. You know, lacking match fitness, probably. I think he was probably not expecting to play as much as he has done as well. So he's not long got to know the group. I know he trained with the team a couple of weeks before signing but still it's completely different didn't have a pre-season with us or anything so you know he, he's not been up to scratch as as you'd expect but I think yesterday it was very professional from the pair um Gaspar showed his experience you know that's why he was captain at Villarreal for so long that's why he was at Villarreal for so long as well you know his experience really shone through and you know I I, I think to, to be asked to, to play there, you know, we've seen this season so many times. Dan Gosling, you know, brilliant at right back. And now Mario Gaspar filling in <laughs> in the midfield too and, and being just as good. It's just crazy. But sometimes that, that's what you need. And, you know, when, when the team's down to their bare bones, to see players playing out of position, putting in performances like that, does give you a little bit of breathing space. Now, luckily... We have got um, Kone, who's now eligible to play. So I would imagine he will make some appearance of some sort in the Reading game. But more importantly, in the league against Blackpool, he will be back. Um, whether a couple of others will be back for the Blackpool game, I don't know. There's talk of Cleverly um, perhaps coming back. I, I don't know if that's still Feb. Loser coming back in Feb. Uh, whether we'll sign anyone from now till then as well. So... Yeah, uh, but my man of the match for me, I think it was Mario Gaspar. He just, 
I think it was because he he was the person I was least expecting to do well, and then he went and put in a performance like that. Yeah, no, I, I don't think many people would disagree with that. Um, I, I, I'm going to give a good shout out here for James Morris as well. I thought he for his first competitive start. I know he's came off the bench and appeared a couple of times this season, but his first start away at Norwich City, I thought he did very, very well. I thought he looked a bit nervous early on. A few wayward or overhit crosses into the box that went out for cornering up. But once he steadied down and he 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 um he got used to getting up to speed and playing alongside Craig Cathcart next to him, giving him confidence. I thought he actually put in a good solid performance. And what one thing I really liked about his performance as well, and I don't know if anyone else noticed it, but I think it was in the second half, Max Ahrens got the better of him. And James Morris tried to tug him back to win a foul. But Max Ahrens got away from him. But then somehow James Morris caught up with him and took him out and took a yellow card for the team just over the halfway line because he knew it was going to be dangerous for Max Aarons to get close to the box, whipping the ball, and Norwich would probably create an opportunity off the back of that. But I really like that James Morris, he wasn't happy that he, he, could, he couldn't bring him down the first time, but the second time he wasn't making a mistake and he was making a foul for the team and taking off of the team and picked up a yellow card. And I thought that was really decent for him. Mike, were you pleased with James Morris's performance yesterday? Uh, like you said, I think he started a bit slow, but that's to be expected. I don't think he had the best first half. He seemed reluctant to sort of get forward and, and sort of press on. You know, there are a couple of times where you'd maybe expect him to get the ball in a bit quicker or get the ball in the box or, you know, but there was a couple of times where he sort of played it safe a little bit. I saw Kafkart sort of, I don't know whether give him a bollocking is the right phrase, but he, he certainly had a stern word as if to sort of say, look, next time, you know, be here for that pass or play that ball there. And, you know, like you said, it's great to have someone like Craig Cathcart next to him. The experience he possesses, it'll only make James Morris a better player. But as you said, you know, it was his first ever league start for Watford and he grew into the game in the second half. I think someone's alluded to it in the comments. That, that cross from James Morris, and I think Cathcart headed it at the back post. I think it was Cathcart. Uh, Mas- uh, Gaspar. Was it Gaspar? And, I, I mean, from where we were sitting, it, it looked like it was a terrible like miss or our players got in the way of each other. I watched it back uh, when I got back from the game last night, and it, it was a brilliant save from Angus Gunn. And then I think Gibson blocked it on the line. Mm-hmm. So, you know... Hats off to, to the Norwich goalkeeper and, and defender there. Uh, but a brilliant cross from Morris. And I thought, like you said, he grew into the game in the second half. Um, and, you know, who knows what, what can happen for Jones Morris. He, you know, would I start him against Reading? Yeah, why not? Give him a chance. You know, we might, we might not have much choice as to who we can pick and who we can't pick. But, yeah, I was delighted for Morris. You know, you could tell he was buzzing. When they all come over at the final whistle, you know, the, to see the young lads there taking it all in was was brilliant to see. They, you know, it, they they were delighted, and James Morris deserves applauding. Although he started slowly, I thought he grew into the game. Yeah, minutes are great for their development, and it's the only way we're going to learn, isn't it? But to Absolutely. pick up ninety minutes away at Norwich was fantastic, and I imagine he's probably going to get close to ninety minutes away at Reading in the FA Cup this weekend. Um, but yeah. Fantastic cross into a box that he provided in that second um, half. But it was unlucky that Bakumbaya couldn't get on the end of it properly, maybe. And I, I saw a lot of people slating Bakumbaya on Twitter. And I, I don't know what it was like in the stands in that away end. Were fans getting a bit frustrated with um, Bio Because obviously he... he you had Keenan Davis in that first half and the ball sticks to him. It, it, yeah. Defenders bounce off him. I think Bio takes too many touches, doesn't he? I don't think he can I don't think he could trap a cold. Um, <laughs> let alone a ball. And then but inside that box, he's he's a he's a pouncer, isn't he? He gets on the end of absolutely everything. And that's when he looks dangerous. But outside the penalty box, I, I think it's Bambi on ice. What's <laughs> what was it? What was it? What was the feelings in the away end towards Bakun Boy prior to his goal? 
Yeah, I, I, he, I think he had a poor game other than scoring the winner. Simple as that. You know, every time he touched the ball, he, he, he took too many touches. He didn't make the right pass. Um, he didn't take the ball in very well. You know, whether we're so used to Davis being brilliant sort of receiver of the ball and, you know, looks after it so well and a great traveller with the ball as well. And then to go to, you know, from that to Vacuum Bio, you know, it's just chalk and cheese. It really is. But, you know, he had a poor game, but he went and scored a winning goal. And that's not the first time he's done that. I think someone said that if without his goals, we'd be somewhere like 14th or 15th. Obviously, he scored the winner against, um, scored the winner against Middlesbrough, scored the equaliser against Rotherham. Uh, I was there for that as well. Um, so I've actually seen more vacuum bio goals than I have Jao Pedro goals uh, live this season. Um, and then he scored one of the four against Stoke. But, you know, fair play to the lad. You know, he, he, like you said, in the box, he's there at the right, right place, right time. And, you know, five million, if he can do that another four or five times this season, five million might not be... Uh, might not be a bad sort of price after all, but I think other than that, he had he had a poor game, and I think he knows that he, he got off the hook with scoring a winning goal big time. Yeah, and no, I agree. Five million pounds, he's got his fourth goal of the season, albeit most of his appearances have been from the bench. So his minutes per goal ratio is probably not too bad, um, but. He, he does also love playing in that black and white striped shirt, hasn't he? Um, I think the majority of his goals, if not all the goals, have came in that shirt. Um, but he did grab the goal that won us the game. It was a superb pass from Yasser Espria that set um, Ismail Asar away. And before we talk about Bio putting it in the back of the net, that's the Ismail Asar we've been banging on about that we want to see. Vassius Malasar that we know has got the electric pace that can beat his man and can deliver a ball into the box. Why haven't we seen that more often, Mike? Because that's him at his best. Uh, this is it, you know, and, and that, that's what's so frustrating. I mean, it's easy for me to sit here and say, just do that. But it, that's <laughs> Ismail Asar's game all over. You know, he, he doesn't realise how fast he is. He rode the challenge really well as well. I can't remember the, the, the fella at right-back who... McCallum, is it? Down. Yeah, that's it. McCallum. Um, I think he was a, the lad that scuffed the ball as well when, when we won it back. Uh, <laughs> so he had a bit of a, a nightmare couple of seconds. But he rode that really well, you know. He, he could well have got that tackle, tried to go down with a free kick, could well have lost the ball. But his pace, electric. And then to find that sort of... That, that pass as well, because Norwich had two players coming in, so that very easily could have been intercepted. And I'll be honest, when when Bayer got the ball, I thought he'd put it wide to start with, because <laughs> I keep watching the goal back, and I don't think Bayer hits it very well, or I don't think he means to score, if that sounds right. Like, it just doesn't look like he's hit it cleanly, and, and like, just a simple tapping. But that's what Ishmael Assar does, and we know he can do it, so it frustrates us that he doesn't do it more often. And that's why he's such a key player at this level. And I think yesterday was one of his better games this season. We've talked talked and talked on this podcast about how poor he's looked this season, you know, and even, you know, had discussions. I've had discussions with people. If someone was to come in with a bid right now, I'd probably accept it. But if he keeps putting performances in like that, that's why we don't want to lose Ishmael Asar because we'd be screwed. So yeah, he was uh, he was back to his best. Well, best I don't know. Back to what we know from Ishmael Asar yesterday, and uh, hopefully that can sort of breed a little bit of confidence within him again, and uh, he can sort of start getting goals and assists again. Let's hope so, because that's the Ismail Asar that we all want to see more of. Um, me, me and James was actually debating about Ismail Asar the other day, and we put a poll out onto, um, onto Twitter to see what everyone's opinion was on maybe possibly selling Sarvis transfer window, because we were all fed up with his performance at Swansea. He didn't look interested, didn't look like he wanted to be there. He looked like his head was elsewhere. Um, out of 521 votes, 91% of you said you would have sold Saar this transfer window, which is a massive amount. 
Um, ben, I've seen a few people, the people that said no, come up with fair points as well. Would you really sell Sar at this time when Joe Pedro is out injured? You, you kind of need a big time player, like a match winner. And with Sar, he's either a passenger in games or he's a match winner, isn't he, Mike? He's never really in the middle. But if we can get, like, even with yesterday's performance, I thought his performance was better than against Swansea, but it wasn't up there. It was probably maybe a six out of ten before he made that electric burst to get into the box and deliver it to Bayer, which maybe get got him up to a seven. So there's still room for improvement. But what, what would you do? Because we haven't asked you this opinion on this, Valor. So would you look to maybe cash in on him at, at the moment? If someone come in with £20 million, I would probably say, yeah, thank you very much. You know, you've been a great servant to the club. Could have gone at the, you know, when we were in, when we got relegated the first time round, could have gone to Liverpool, would have been playing Champions League football. But, you know, fair play to him. He stuck with us and he was a key part of us getting promoted straight back. Um, but he's just been too inconsistent this season and, I think that's frustrating and, you know, one week you, you look at him and you think, well, if someone offered us 20 million, I'd probably take it. Then other weeks you'd look at him and think, well, no, this is why we need to keep hold of him. But I feel like those weeks haven't been as regular as they have in previous seasons. Uh, obviously, you know, to, to be, you know, obvious about it at the moment with the injuries we've got, then absolutely no, I wouldn't. But, you know, providing that everyone was fit, then I, I would say if someone was to come in with a bid, yeah, thank you very much, and make sure we reinvest the money. Um, it's quite clear that the, the, the Pozzos are preparing for life without SAR. Uh, whether Martins was bought with that view of SAR leaving, uh, this Ferreira that's come in, although I'm led to believe he's more of a right wing back, He's an attacking fullback as opposed to a winger. Um, but he can play on the wing as well. Whether he's sort of come in with that view as well. Uh, Yasser Aspria, you know, we know that he can play out wide if need be. Pedro can play out wide. So, listen, I, I don't know. But if someone was to come in based on the whole season so far, I would absolutely take the money. But performances like that yesterday probably prove why... Uh, why why it's important that we do keep hold of him. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, and then just to wrap up, really, on the Norwich performances yesterday, um, Norwich didn't really trouble us, did they, really? I think Grant Hanley had to go ruled off offside in the first half. Um, yeah. And then the, it was just really shots from distance, wasn't it, really? They didn't really tra- trouble uh, Daniel Batman. Although he did take a whack, didn't he? Um on another day, maybe penalty would have been given um, for that um, charge out on to Sergeant. Yeah, do you know what? At the time, I thought Sergeant had cut. Like, I just thought that it was, you know, they'd both tangled together, and I, you know, that ball was in the air forever. I thought, come on, just drop into the net already. I thought this this is going to go in. Um, and but I, I watched it back, and Batman fully cleared him out. I don't know what the ref, why he hasn't given a penalty there, but. You, you take the rubber to green sometimes. There wasn't too many. I know Ben Gibson made a big deal out of it for them, but there wasn't too many complaints from the Norwich uh, players. But yeah, like you said, shots from distance. Backman didn't really have much to do. Uh, another clean sheet as well. I think that's eleven for the season, yeah. uh, which which is brilliant. So um, yeah, you know Norwich didn't really trouble us. Uh, I think their fans were very, very unhappy come full time. There was a lot of boos. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, there, there was nine minutes had he done right, which my heart was in my mouth. The longest nine minutes of my life. And I kid you not, as soon as we scored, half of their fans started walking out. And like, even when the nine minutes was held up. Very familiar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, even when the nine minutes was held up, you know, you expect you know, yes, come on, you know, nine minutes, we've got nine minutes to get it, long time. But they were leaving in their hundreds. And I turned to my brother, I said, I can't believe they're leaving like this. Like, I know they're not doing very well, but there's nine minutes left. Anything could happen. They were throwing the kitchen sink at us. But like you said, didn't really test Batman enough. 
Um, your man had that free kick at the end that hit the the sort of the bit yeah. where yeah that hit the woodwork and oh god that again my heart was in my mouth thought that was in every time the ball come in I thought right here we go just get ready for them to equalise but uh, no really uh, the defence stood tall and uh, another clean sheet yeah another clean sheet and I'll put that down to maybe the Chile and Maldini returning back to the uh, the, the back line um, Francisco Siriota came back um what for revert back to the back five wasn't it it was um Cathcart, Cabaselli and Siriota. I thought all three of them was actually really good. But Cabaselli was pressing his men very well. Um Siriota was winning everything in the air uh, and Cathcart it's just Mr. Reliable in that back uh back line. Um so big shout out to Cabaselli as well because I've you know we've sat on this podcast we've said you know, we've had him on the pod. He's a great guy. We didn't like some of the stick he was getting. And then, you know, there was warranted for what people were saying because he was, he's was he been really poor. I think yesterday was one of his best games for Watford in a long, long time. He was on the end of everything. He was pressing. He was getting forward. He was winning everything in the air. So, hats off to Cabaselli. I just wanted to point that out. I want to say something as well, and it might be a bit unpopular um, uh-huh. because I know I know how people feel about Cabaselli and that. But I actually think he's been one of Watford's better defenders in maybe the last few weeks. Um, I think he's been, his imp- performances have improved and it's not gone unnoticed. And yeah, hats off to him. Um, I just hope the injury isn't too bad for him. Um, I saw him walking over and clapping the away fans and didn't look like he was in too much discomfort. So maybe, hopefully it was a, a, a slight hamstring injury, if you can have a slight hamstring injury. Um, so, yeah. But, Mike, that injuries do continue to mount for Watford Football Club. Kalu, Keenan Davis and Cabaselli was all the latest ones yesterday. All went off with hamstring injuries to make it 14 injuries at the club now. Uh, the list of players is ridiculous. Um, Sky put it up on their TV yesterday. So we've got, at the moment, it is Jal Pedro, ankle, Hamza Chowdhury, knee, Hassan Kamara, suspended, Edu Kiembi, calf, Dan Goslin, Achilles, Imran Lusa, um, broken ankle, uh, Raymond Eye, hamstring, Courtney Hawes, knee, Tom Cleverley, Achilles, Tom Delibastru, ankle, just quickly, best wishes go to Tom Delibastru. How unlucky is that guy? It never rains, but it pours for Tom Delibastru in a Watford shirt. And I just wish him a speedy recovery. He gets no luck at all on a football pitch. So hopefully you're back soon, um, Tom. Um, Ken Semmer, hamstring. Samuel Kalu, hamstring. Keenan Davis, hamstring. Um, Christian Cavaselli, hamstring. I've never seen anything like this in football, Mike. This is... <laughs> Like that, that's that's a starting 11 and three subs all injured. Um, what's what's going on? Well, I think from what I've heard, my brother mentioned this, so shout out to my brother. He said that, um, a few West Ham fans had said that it's Slavin Bilic, uh, works his players very, very hard. Now, you could obviously point a lot of fingers in a lot of directions here, but. It might be something to do with how hard he's working them in training and they're just not conditioned very well to it. And that's where, again, you'd come in and sort of point the finger at the conditioning team and the medical team. Uh, I mean, the medical team's not been right since Richard Collins left. I think I said that a couple of weeks ago. He was brilliant and I think it ended quite sort of messy with, with Watford and Richard Collins. I think ended up going to a, a, law, a court of law and all of this. but So, you know, he won't be returning anytime soon, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to see if, if that was the case with West Ham and if there are any, on the off chance, any West Ham's that stumble across this clip, um, then, you know, if, if, if they can let us know, that would be interesting. But there have been a few murmurs that it could be to do with how hard that um, Slav works. And, but either way, Slav said he's never seen anything like this in his time as a player and as a manager. So, and I've not seen anything like it. I don't know if you saw, actually, on my personal Twitter, uh, I was on the train home yesterday. I was scrolling through. 
obviously there was a lot of other championship games. I saw a Birmingham City fan list eight oh. players who were injured <laughs> and said, we've got such bad luck of all these injuries. And I was like, oh my God. I retweeted it. I said, I'd kill for eight injuries at the moment. Like they're moaning about having eight players injured. And to make things better, one of them, somebody commented back saying, oh, he's such and such injured. And he was like, oh, well, no, he come back today, actually. And I'm thinking, so he's not even injured. So it's seven <laughs> players that you've got injured and you're moaning about it. Like, you know, it's uh, it makes you laugh. But, um, yeah, it's crazy. And um, I'm just glad it's the FA Cup weekend. Maybe a couple of them, uh, a little niggles that they're carrying. We don't have to worry. I think it will be a third-place side that goes out against Reading. I'd love to see a couple of the young lads play. Um, Adrian Blake, James Morris, um, Hamer maybe. I think Okoye might be injured. I know he's not on that list, but he's either injured or on, on the way out on loan, as you'll probably mention in a minute. Sorry for that spoil it, man. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy, this injury crisis season. But just think, Ben, when they all come back, what a squad we're going to have. Yeah, I think it would be a, a dilemma for Slavin Bilic to actually fit them all into a team <laughs> and to get that chemistry right again. Um, I don't know if you saw yesterday during the first half, I put out a tweet through the Vic, uh, Voices of a Vic uh, Twitter page saying, breaking news, Watford have applied yeah. for a building permission to extend their London Colony treatment room. Because it's just getting ridiculous. And I don't think we'll be able to fit everyone in there soon. Because um, those beds that they lie down on is quite big in itself. And I don't think you can fit <laughs> too many of them in one room. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if we do get building permission granted. Um, but yeah, like you've already alluded to, Mike already, Watford have agreed the deal to sign Benfica's Jal Ferreira for a fee in region of £2 million. The right back is in Hertfordshire now to uh, complete um, his transfer. A contract until 2027 has been agreed. He will compete with Jeremy Ngakia and Mary Gaspar for right back position under manager Slavin Bilic. Watford also see him as an option for the left back position. Uh, Bilic has had his say on Ferreira. Um, he had an interview with Andrew French earlier uh, and he's gone on to say he, he's a good, talented young player who is mainly right sided defender, which gives us options. Right now, that is what we need. Uh, Watford are a club that that likes to find young, talented players, and this boy is that. I'm hoping that the signing will be completed later this week and that he'll be eligible for the Cup game on Saturday. There's plenty more work to be done on the paperwork side, things like work permit, um, but he's had a chance to talk to him and he, he tells him that he's fit and ready to go and he is hungry and wants to play. Uh, Mike, possibly the third transfer for Watford this si- uh, some, um winter period following Ismail Kone and Mateus Martins. Um, obviously, you don't know much about him because he plays in the Portuguese league, but do you reckon it'll be a decent signing or is it, it's going to be good competition for that right-hand side? I think we need it. I, I think we need someone that can play there out and out. You know, Kamara, is he perhaps showing he's becoming a bit of a liability? Um, is, are his eyes elsewhere now that he's got his move to Udinese, is he perhaps thinking, well, you know, it's Watford, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll do my best, but not really asked whether we go up or down uh, because I'll be at Udinese next season. Um, sounds harsh, I know, but sometimes lone players don't give as much as they should. Um, Ngakia, from what I've seen, again, sorry if anyone's an Ngakia fan here, I don't think he's cut out, which... It's crazy because he was such a key player that first season back in the championship. Um, so I think we need someone um, at, at fullback. I mean, we need anyone at the moment, bloody hell. But I think we need we need competition at the fullback areas. Um, and it sounds like this guy could could be a, a really good addition. And he's from Benfica, and Helen Acosta worked in the Benfica academy. So maybe that's one of the first sort of um, products of uh, the Manga and Costa partnership. Obviously, someone she knows very well, I would assume, and hopefully we can trust their judgment after they've done a brilliant job where they've been previously. And hopefully this, this new chap comes in, hits the ground running, and we'll all be uh, we'll all be lapping it up. 
Yeah, I, I didn't actually realise that Helena Costa was actually a coach in the Benfica Academy as well um, during like 1997 and some 2000 year, um, which I was actually surprised by. Um, so she obviously knows the club very well and she's going back to knowing what she knows. Um, obviously, yeah. she's Portuguese as well, so that's going to help as well. Um, but Billix was also asked about other signings as well, and he said that we have some players who we can't count on for the next four, six, eight weeks. That means if the club wants to achieve its goals, we have to be active in this transfer window. We've already been active, and we'll have a couple of new players who will be eligible for the cup game at Reading, but we will need more than that. There's still more business we need to do. As I've said before, I think the priorities are midfield and on on the flanks. Reassuring words, Mike? Yeah, I, he also said, I don't know if you've seen the clip, he was also talking about other players and then he went, shit, we have no striker, now Keenan Davis is injured. So it was like the penny dropped that we also need a striker because Keenan Davis is injured. And hamstrings aren't, unfortunately, something you can get over in a week. Uh, hamstring tear, strain, whatever it may be. Uh, probably looking, I don't know, two, three weeks, four weeks. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a physio, but I just know that it's not something you can get over in a week. So uh, I wouldn't expect to see him against Reading. Maybe Blackpool would even be too soon as well. But um, and in need of a striker, uh, get on the phone to Peterborough. I was in Peterborough yesterday. Mr. Potso, if you're watching after Ben called you a knobhead last week, uh, seeing if you're getting an <laughs> apology. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, if uh, if you're watching, I was in Peterborough yesterday, mate. I could have swung by uh, Peterborough's ground and had a chat, got Johnson Clark Harris for us. But uh, yeah, I we we I think we need a striker. You know what, mate? You throw me right under the bus. I thought I got away with that last week. I've had no comments on it. I've not been blocked by Watford Football Club or anything. And then you just throw me under the bus there. So <laughs> if it goes downhill now, Mike, it yeah. all falls at your feet. Well, nah. well. Um, but you say a striker. Would you take Emmanuel Dennis back? Um, <laughs> Rumoured, possibly, with a deal. Um, let, let's talk about Emmanuel Dennis quickly. He's, he's joined Nottingham Forest in the summer from Watford. Mm. He's not really got the game time. I don't think he's what Steve Cooper wants or needs. Because, let's be honest, City and uh, Forest, they over-signed players this year. They, they basically signed two starting 11s with Emmanuel Dennis being one of them. Now they're going to have to try and find a 25-man squad and offload players and Emmanuel Dennis is going to be one of them. He can't join another European side or Premier League side because he's already played for two clubs already this season, being Watford and Nottingham Forest. If he wants to join another side in this period, it would have to be another side that isn't in Europe, i.e. like America or Saudi Arabia, those kind of clubs. But he would be able to play for Watford again if Watford wanted to sign him because he played for him at the start of the season. It's a bit messy. I hope I explained it. So there is a possibility that he could come back to Watford. I, I believe that all the parties involved are aware of the situation. So Dennis is aware that he could maybe come to Watford. Watford are aware that they could maybe get Dennis and he would be eligible to play. Is this a deal? If it's if it's worth doing and if there is a deal there, would you get it done, Mike? Um, I'm, I'm proper on the fence with this one. I really am. He was, I think he was great for us. But then at the same time, it was well documented that you know the the dressing room openly celebrated when he left because he was he was a character he was an ego. Do we need that at this moment in time with everything going on at the club? Absolutely not. But to to play devil's advocate, do we want someone that scored ten goals for us in the Premier League last season and you know looked like he looked like he wore his heart on his sleeve whilst playing for the club and. You know, we, we got the best that well. I I imagine Club Bruges would probably say that they got the best out of him. But we, you know, we compared to what Forrest have got, we got much better out of him. So I'm proper on the fence. Like, I think I'd, I'd, 
I would take him back now that Keenan Davis is injured. Uh, but there's there's room to be sort of a little bit pessimistic about it. Uh, and I could totally understand why people wouldn't take him back as well. But I think with, with Davis being injured, then, yeah, I'd take Dennis back. Um, yeah, it seems like it's a bit of a reunion at the moment with all these ex-players linked to coming back with us. Yeah, well, I'm the same as you. When I first heard about it, I jumped on it going, yes, I'll take him back in a heartbeat. Mm. I I thought about it five, ten minutes later and thought it might not be the best move for Watford's team spirit. If Emmanuel Dennis came back, like you say, there was reports that some teammates were celebrating that he left. We saw last season that he didn't really offload the ball to Joe Pedro. We've seen Joe Pedro flourish this season. Would Joe Pedro be a bit upset that Emmanuel Dennis returned back to Watford because he would now know that he wouldn't get the, the ball to him as often because Dennis just held on to that ball and it frustrated a lot of people but Dennis guarantees goals and goals get you promoted so you got to weigh it up and yeah I'm not too sure I'm the same as you I'd, I'd sit on the fence with this if it happens I'll get behind it if it don't happen I'll respect it and be like there's probably better people out there we could maybe approach and might fit into how we want the environment to be in the dressing room. Um, because I, I don't think Dennis would actually help it. I think, if anything, he might make it worse. I and mean, we want to get rid of the bad eggs, don't we? And maybe Dennis, I know we've talked about attitude problems before and we've we've said that we couldn't really see it before. But maybe behind the scenes, was he a bad egg? And Watford have got rid of him now. Who, who knows? Um, but... Yeah, you've alluded to it, Mike. So we'll talk about it very briefly. Mm-hmm. Lots of reunions are being talked about at Watford. Before we started recording, Abdelaye Decore was mentioned. I, I don't think this is a goer. It doesn't look like it's a reliable source, but they've basically said that Decore is wanted by former club Watford who could make a loan offer with a obligation purchase clause uh, should they be promoted to a Premier League. I don't see this one happening, Mike, do you? No, I, I think it's come off the back of Silva wanting Decore again at Fulham because I think they, there was a, a deal which broke down. Um, so, and I think Decore's been a bit frozen out at Everton. I know Everton are playing now. I, I don't know if he's playing. I don't think he is. But, um, yeah, uh, I, I mean, I'd absolutely have him back, 100%, but I just can't see it going anywhere, a bit like the other midfielder we've been linked with. Um, I can't see that going anywhere because of how it ended with Watford. Um, We're talking about a Mr Will Hughes. Indeed, yeah. I I just, uh, again, I'd snap your hand off for him back, but the way that it ended with us, um, you know, people might forget that the, the main reason that he didn't, you know, stay with us is the 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 sort of fine detail in the contract. You know, we, we, we didn't offer what he wanted. Now, some would say, you know, he's a money-grabbing so-and-so, he should have accepted what we offered. But it sounded like it was that, you know, we were so close to agreeing a deal, but we were just being a bit, bit you know, I think Mr Pozzo was maybe being a bit of a tight arse. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I don't think it will happen. I think his agent, Paolo Venazzo, will, will steer, steer clear. Uh, of of that, but obviously Will will want to be playing football again, and you know maybe maybe just maybe if Watford are the only team willing to take him, then we could come to some sort of agreement. But I just think that bridge has been burned. I think this one was probably more likely than the Decore one if it is yeah. to happen. Um, from what we've led to believe, um, he's not getting minutes at Palace, but I, I, I would have him in a heartbeat. I, if if you had to pick between Dennis or Hughes, who would you go for? Because I'd go for Hughes. Yeah, Hughes, because every time Hughes played, you could tell that he loved playing for us and he mm. gave 100% everything. And to be fair, there were games where Dennis would look like he'd given everything. And I, I just think that Hughes's attitude is a lot better than Dennis's. And every time Hughes got the ball, he'd look to go forward. None of these passing to the side... Can we, can we pass it behind us? Always look to get forward at every opportunity. So I'd take Hughes and 
midfields in, in desperate need at the moment as well. Definitely, and he's a similar player to Imran Loser as well. And we haven't got anyone who's on the same level as Imran Loser. So mm. I, I would welcome him back. And I, I wouldn't mind seeing them two as like a double pivot in that midfield. I think that would look really good. Um, but who knows? He still lives in the area. He doesn't live too far away from London Colney. I think he lives in the village, not too far from Hatfield. I can't remember what it's called. And I saw someone put on a Watford forum earlier saying that he saw him in a London Colney um, petrol station or something there. But I don't know if he's just seen some rumours and trying to add fire to it um, to try and get some more speculation on it. So I'm not going to look too much further into that. Um, but before we wrap it up, Mike, a lone player, Shaq Ford on his debut, scored in the last minute to rescue a point for York City in their 2-2 draw away at Gateshead. We spoke about him a few times this season. Um, good that he's going out on loan, um, isn't it, Mike? And obviously he came off a bench, got 20 minutes on, under his belt yesterday and he got the last minute equaliser. That would be brilliant. Great way to start his professional career. Absolutely. He needed that loan move. You know, there were talks about him coming into the uh, the, the first team. Uh, wasn't to be. I think that injury sort of pegged it back a little bit. And, um, you know, Brilliant goal as well. If you've not seen it, it's over on York City's Twitter page. I'm sure it's probably on your Instagram as well. Um, and what a way to, to start your debut. And uh, fun little fact, the guy that scored York's first game, used to I used to go to school with him. He was in the year above me, Mitch Hancock's uh, ex-Blues player. Um, used to sit behind him in assembly. So there's my claim to fame. The, the guy that scored York City's first goal against uh, Gateshead. But no, in all seriousness, I think perfect level for Shaq and uh, hopefully first of many for uh, for York. Yeah, let's hope so. Um, but yeah, we'll wrap it up there. It's been a great start to 2023 for Watford. Uh, great start for Shaq Ford as well. Um, <laughs> and a great start for Voices of the Vic. I think we've picked up three more followers. Mike. Are we going to get to three hundred followers by Christmas this year. Know <laughs> yeah, Christmas 2023. 300. Come on. Yeah, we're edging closer and I'm sure we'll hit it soon. Um if you like this video, don't forget to like it, leave a comment, and if you're new to the page, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And um, me and Mike will be back soon. I'm not too sure if we'll do anything for a reading game. If there's transfer news or something or more news developing, we'll maybe come back and do a quick video for you. But if not, we'll be back to do a review of the Blackpool game, which is in two weeks' time. Stay safe, everyone, and come on, you Warns. Sports Social Podcast Network.